When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. First and Pod, thank you for being with us. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Subscribe, rate, give us a five-star review. We appreciate you. Every team, every game, every week gets easier when there are just six games because it is super wild card weekend in the NFL. And I got to be honest, Pony, that's a name that's easy to mock, but this is a pretty super wild card weekend. This is a very, very good slate of wild card games overall. It really is. There's one game that looks like it's lopsided, but that involves my team. And there's some things around that game right now that make it more interesting that we'll obviously touch on as we go throughout the podcast. But I, I'm a lover of this time of year, the playoffs. This, I think you know this about me. When I get spare time, I go to YouTube and I watch old NFL games. That's my form. Of, that's my hobby. You know, I think my my personal trainer is finding that out the hard way. That these are the types of things I do when I have free time. I don't stretch. I don't do push-ups. I don't do sit-ups. I don't work out. But you, well, you do have you work out enough to have a personal trainer. So sweet flex. Well, I'm also a guy that two weeks ago bowled and was sore. <laughs> so hence the need for a personal trainer. Yeah. All right. I can relate to that. I want uh, to start with the questions here because it's about you, and that's the Lions and Rams. Yes. The Sunday night game, because you've been obsessed with this potential matchup for months. And now you're going to get it. And why we get it. I mean, NBC has this game in primetime as the Sunday night game. They clearly think it's, if not the best game, uh, the, the the most attractive and appealing game for, for broadcast networks is, is Packers-Cowboys because of the brands there with those two teams but I think after that they thought that this game had the most compelling storylines and everything else to it and you've been pounding the table for that for a long time Danny this matchup for a game with two teams who most likely cannot make or win the Super Bowl this is as compelling of a playoff game as you can get for casual fan, for narrative, to get sucked in. Like, it will not be tough for when I'm watching this game Sunday night and Steph is on her phone scrolling Instagram or TikTok or whatever, me to give her the 30-second elevator pitch of Matt Stafford is the most accomplished quarterback in Lions history. The Lions haven't hosted a playoff game in 30 years. They traded him away. He won a Super Bowl. This is a beloved Lions team. Look how into it all of these fans are. And now he can come back and win the first playoff game in Detroit 
in generations except for the other team. Like that, that is a very easy storyline to sell to people, to sell to the masses, the human interest piece of it and pure fandom. Like part of the reason that college sports are so popular is because when you watch them, the crowds are different. You can tell how much it matters to people. People love the cutaways and the crowd shots and the agony. This is going to be by far. I mean, if Casey in the cold, and we'll get to that game and the elements and how it could affect it, there will be great crowd shots there. Obviously, McCarthy going up against his old team is compelling. But in terms of a home field advantage and a rocking building in the NFL, I'm expecting Detroit to just be absolutely electric. And on top of it, man, people like points. Styles make fights. This is the highest total of the weekend. There should be a bunch of points scored. I think 51 and a half. I think this game's going over. So I just think it is going to be an entertaining shootout. And I think the fans are going to be hanging on the edge of their seats. And it's maximum pain if Detroit wins. And there's some sweet vindication for Stafford if he wins. So I just I just think it's compelling to the masses. You're right uh, about the the uh, the fervor and the uh, excitement that there is in Detroit right now. Because one of my good friends and a guy that listens to this podcast a lot is a ticket broker. We I call him Ticket Nick. Very creative, original nickname. And uh, he. I mean, he's somebody that's all into the Super Bowl tickets now and everything that goes on with that. I mean, he lives a world where it's all about spreadsheets and numbers and those types of transactions and studying those markets like they're the stock market or Wall Street at all times. And this game's demand is blowing out of the water the other games. Like, I think I might have said on this podcast or maybe in passing in a text with you, Cowboys and Packers, it's not even close. Like the get-in price for this game is close to four hundred dollars. The get-in price for Jerry's World Sunday afternoons less than a hundred bucks. I mean, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Um, the closest it's thing I literally been thirty years. Well, and, and, and I was going to say the closest thing I can compare it to is the Pirates went twenty years without having a winning season, but that also coincided with them making the playoffs. They had a wild card game, so it was twenty years. Since the last time they were good, they host a playoff game. It's a one-and-done situation. It's, for my money, I've been to Stanley Cup final games and NFL playoff games. It was the best environment I've ever seen for a sporting event. I've been to Final Fours, you name it, every major sporting event there is. And you probably experienced some of this when you were in Kansas City with the Royals. Like, it was insane how fans have been craving this for so long, and they finally got a chance to experience it. And that's the Lions, and it's, it's an extra decade on top of what I experienced. Um, And then you throw the Stafford component in. Do you think Stafford's a Hall of Fame quarterback? Do you think he's at least close at this point in his career? Yes, absolutely. I I think so too. And that, and the other aspect of this then is there's no precedent for this. Peyton Manning played the Colts in the playoffs when he was with Denver, but the game was in Denver. And he did go back there for a regular season game. We've had that. Brady went to Tampa Bay. Montana played the 49ers. Favre went into Green Bay. Those are all regular season games. No Hall of Fame quarterback has gone back to the city where he really had his Hall of Fame career 
with another team in the playoffs. It's never happened. So think about that, man. I mean, yeah, and I mean Stafford is obviously a cut below. He's a bubble guy. I mean, we. Well, and, and he's, it's he's a cut below Brady, Favre. Like even if he gets in, there's Hall. Of I Famer. understand that, but even yes. like Warren Moon and Fran Tarkenton and yep. yeah, these guys that are Hall of Fame quarter Dan Fouts only play for one team, but these guys that you would not say are that you would put in Stafford here if he gets in. Yeah, like, we don't even we don't we don't have it with. Uh, pantheon of all-time greats and then the tier below that where guys are still going to canton we don't have this at least in the modern era i mean maybe like pre-super bowl there's a sunny jergensen or something like that that i'm forgetting but nobody in in our no one who's alive can remember a situation that's analogous to what we're going to see sunday night um and i think that by the way i think the rams are going to break the lions hearts i think their fans are going to go home i don't think this is going to have a happy ending um I just keep thinking about the way the Rams played in Baltimore and now looking back on that game that they lost in overtime, that moral victory is for me, given how Miami played there and how Baltimore went to San Francisco and did a number on them. In addition to all of the 30 point plus games uh, LA had in the last six weeks of the season. uh, If I'm San Francisco and the Rams win this game. Now, San Francisco probably doesn't look at anybody and is intimidated, but I don't want to see the Rams again. I would not want to play them. I'd rather play Green Bay. I hope Green Bay beats Dallas. But I, I would not want the Rams and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner and Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford and Kyrene Williams and Puka Nakua in a divisional round game a week from now where Stafford versus Purdy in the playoffs, who would you trust more? In that situation, yeah, but- I know my answer is Stafford. I ranked every quarterback as how I view them right now going into the playoffs, who I trust the most, who I feel good about based on how they played. I put Stafford one among everybody. History? I mean, I had a, I had a, I mean, you mean like because of what you think he will do in the playoff? Like, so are you counting Lamar's playoff struggles? I'm counting like how I feel about them. Given and I'm obviously affected by what they've done in the postseasons in the past. So Mahomes and, and how they're playing right now. Okay. I mean, yeah, that is a okay. Because I Mahomes, mean, don't uh, sh- uh, look. This is a. I mean, this is listen, man. I, I, I think, I think, I, th- I don't think 28 is enough to win this game. Like over 51 is one of my favorite bets of the weekend. Um, I, I think that this game is going to be a shootout. I will be very surprised if the Lions lay an egg. I think this game comes down to the fourth quarter, and I think you need 31 or more to win. Mahomes and Hurts were great in the playoffs last time, and Mahomes has been an incredible... We'll get to the Chiefs next. Mahomes has been an all-time playoff performer. But the way they've played, Hurts obviously has an injury and has sucked. Uh, Who else? Joe Flacco's the other Super Bowl-winning quarterback in the playoffs, okay? Lamar Lamar Jackson hasn't done it yet. Stroud's first playoff game. Josh Allen, come close. No, Stafford is on a heater, and Stafford's a streaky player, and he's got his playmakers healthy, as you mentioned. So they are they are very very dangerous. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, you mentioned Mahomes; he is arguably the best playoff quarterback of all time. Obviously, not in terms of compilings of wins, but in terms of per game stats, he's won uh, in quite a few of them. <laughs> Do you expect the magic to come back? against Miami you know I really don't um the weather obviously is going to be 
ice bowl conditions there. And that's, you know, as long as it's not super windy, he, he should still be able to make the type of throws that we're accustomed to watching Mahomes make in, in critical clutch games. But the, the team and the, and the situation that I keep drawing back on here and their record was not as good as Kansas city's this year. But I think there's a lot, there were a lot of people at this time last year that thought once the Buccaneers got into the playoffs, that light bulb was going to come on for Brady last year and they were going to do something. And then they got into a playoff game against Dallas. And if not for Dallas's kicker, forgetting how to kick a football, all that game would have been about was a Dallas laugher and complete blowout. It just, they, they didn't, they didn't flip a switch after what they had accomplished before uh, winning a Super Bowl. So I don't know, man. It's just, all I keep hearing about is, well, it's the playoffs now. It's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. It's not based on how they've played this year. No, it is not. Uh, but I do think that the weather, they should be more equipped to handle the weather than Miami. Miami, do you, do you disagree? I just feel like if Miami and the way they, they run the ball, if they played in a Rust Belt city or or something like that, we would look at them as a team that could win these types of games because of they're going to potentially get Mostert back. Achain just had a huge game against the Bills, albeit in a loss. Yards per carry, what they do on the ground, they are an elite running team. Tough to run on the Chiefs. Uh, home field advantage, more experience playing in the games yeah. uh, in terms of that temperature, as you mentioned, more experience in the playoffs, more big wins. I mean, Miami's beaten Dallas by two and has not performed well in other marquee spots uh, this year. I'm fascinated. Like Chiefs fans have seen so many big games, right? Deep playoff runs, Arrowhead Invitational for five years of the AFC Championship, all the Super Bowl appearances. This is a wild card game. You mentioned the ice bowl like conditions. It's also the Tyreek Hill return after all the trash that he's talked. Chiefs fans are some of the best fans in all of sports anywhere. But I'm wondering what that you can bring when you're wearing gloves and hats and Vaseline on your face. And like, it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, Arrowhead does to impact this game. Because I got to be honest with you, man. It would you'd have to pay me money to stand outside in the cold in the, these temperatures for three hours. I would not be paying to go to this. Game. So I've been to two out of the three places here that I'm going to mention, and I know you have too. I think Buffalo, Green Bay, and Kansas City are very similar places to play. Just the weather in, in J- December and January, plus the fan impact on games. Yep, metal seats at Lambeau Field, bleacher seats, Bills games. They don't have wine and cheese fans in the lower sections. It's loud all the time. And I've been to a playoff game at Arrowhead. It's the same thing. I mean, it is bonkers how loud it gets there. Uh, Miami late in the year last year, twice, went to Buffalo. Lost both games, though. But in December, in a snow game, Tua was great. They scored 29 points. They lost by two, I believe, 31-29. And the playoff game last year with Skylar Thompson, I mean, they could have easily won that game. I thought from a preparedness standpoint and ready-to-go standpoint, McDaniel did a very good job. He had some puzzling clock management things occur late in that game that I would wonder about here. Uh, but like they did not seem like a team twice in Buffalo late last season 
that allowed for the weather to affect them. So that they at least have that going for them. Tua played in that 31-29 game. was very, very good. So yep. I like them more than most people. I think, to me, though, both of these teams, if I'm ranking AFC teams as to how they're playing right now, I would put these teams six and seven in the AFC. How they're playing right now going into the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Who's you'd playing? Have, you'd, have, you'd have the Steelers above them? Well, I'm saying how they're playing right now. You think that the Chiefs are playing what's better the, than the Steelers? What's, what's, right now, how far do I have to go back? One week? How about the last three or four weeks? So you, you're just Mason Rudolph in the last three weeks. You just that that makes them better than the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I don't think it has to make them better, but I just said based on how they're playing recently, these two teams have looked. I mean, the Eagles have a better record than the Steelers. Do you think they're better than Pittsburgh right now? No. Okay. The, but the but the the Eagles have a a broken side of the ball. I do not believe you could say that about either of these two teams. You don't think the Chiefs' offense is broken? No, I think I I, I want to see what happens in the postseason, and we've seen flashes from them. It's it's broken by their standards. It is not broken relative to like if they played the Steelers this weekend, I would expect the Chiefs to score more points than the Steelers. Would. Okay, they scored well. They they didn't against Oakland they, against Vegas. And they scored half one. They scored good. one yeah. touchdown against the thirty-first ranked defense in the NFL in Week Seventeen. I no, I six field goals. I, I I am aware. It was it was very bad. Um, what's the number? What would I have to pay you to to go to this game? Uh, well, probably less than you think. Well, you're saying I got to sit outside. Yeah, would you? I hate I hate cold, man. I'd no, rather I, be. In, I, I know, I'd rather so be I, in 105 degree weather than 15 degree weather or 10 degree weather. Well, this is going to be minus 10 with wind chill. So, so if I gave you, if it, would it be a thousand in cash? Would you sit outside? I'd go. Yeah, I probably okay. would for that. Okay. I asked Carrington today uh, on 610, the home of the Chiefs. He said $5,000. He's he's lying to you. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. <laughs> Subscribe rate review. We He'll do a six-hour shift for $300. <laughs> He's sitting outside for five grand. <laughs> More first and pod after this. All right, back in on first and pod. Give us a five-star review. Tweet it to us. We'll retweet it. Uh, Browns and Texans, Pony. Flacco, Stroud, who, you, who do you trust more? Are you going to crush me if I say Flacco? Uh, no, I mean, I think you're wrong if you say Flacco, but I, I, I get the argument. Um, because we, we just don't know what Stroud will do in the postseason. Brown's defense is more likely to be a disruptor than the Texans' defense. So, like, I, I get the argument, but Stroud is a gamer and a much better football player. Well, I think about two playoff games in Houston that immediately spring to mind here that I think helped my argument. And it both it both involved the Texans and the shoe was on the other foot the second time. When Deshaun Watson made his first postseason appearance against the Colts, uh, that was Andrew Luck's last year there. Uh, he was terrible at home. It was in Houston. They lost that game. Then the Colts went to Kansas City next the next week and lost. Watson was atrocious uh, in that game. Um, I believe that was his first playoff start. You'd have to fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure it was. And then the 
uh, reverse of that happened when Josh Allen went there. Remember that? Josh yeah. Allen went to Houston, started his first playoff game, fumbling the ball all over the place, making crazy ass plays. I mean, the the worst version of Josh Allen, the guy that's completely reckless, and those plays outweigh all the other great things that he has going for him. So, yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, 04 after a great rookie season, won 15 games in a row, and then was completely garbage in the playoffs, was lucky to beat the Jets, needed a uh, Doug Bryan missed field goal at the end of the game, and then threw, I think, three interceptions against the Patriots the next week. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting what this what it does, the pressure of the playoffs. I do think it's a real thing, the one-and-done nature of it. They just played a playoff game last week, you could argue. Uh, but I, I've seen the Texans and Browns already play each other this year, and Joe Flacco uh, and Amari Cooper – did something that had never been done in Brown's history before. Now, C.J. Stroud's out there, and that's going to make the Texans' defense better. No, I don't. No, I agree. With, listen, they, they can they could clearly lose. I would be a little surprised if Stroud lay an egg. And it's on the road. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to lay an egg, but we've seen rookies fall through the playoffs. And Joe Flacco is is the best road quarterback in NFL history. Yep. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. without a doubt. Yeah. The guy lives for these moments. He flourishes <laughs> right now he, in these spots. He does. Stroud is by far the most interesting part of the game because he just, through sheer force of talent, leadership, personality, and like seemingly humility, every time I hear this guy interviewed, I'm like, oh, God, he's just. I love him. I'm a big fan of his. You know that. So how could you not be so, so likable? I mean, obviously like very religious, uh, but also like principled and has opinions and talks about criminal justice reform and just like, I didn't know that. Interesting. I think his, I think his father's in prison is the, is the story. And he's like, got a a sentence that was, you know, he is pretty severe. And if you're the Ravens, who you're rooting for in this game? If chalk holds and the Bills and Chiefs win, and they play each other in the next round, and you in in the winner of this game goes to Baltimore next week, who would you rather play? I think, I think you'd rather play Houston. Agreed. Yeah, yep. that's because, the right answer. I think you'd rather play Houston because you think that with a week to rest and prepare, a, a rookie's not coming into Baltimore and beating you. Uh, but the Flacco magic, the pressure, like the, the, the lemon booty of like, if like a weird thing, like if Lamar fumbled on the first drive and then Flacco punched, punched it in for six and all of a sudden it's like seven, nothing. And the Browns would get the ball to start the second half and Flacco's got a touchdown and Lamar doesn't like, you know what I mean? I, I do, I do think that there would be something to. Uh, the familiarity, like the Browns wouldn't be intimidated. They know exactly what they're walking into. They've won there this year. Yeah. So I, I all, all of those reasons, I, I think they, it, it, generally speaking, those division games in, in the in the postseason get weird. So I, I think Baltimore is probably rooting for the Texans in this spot. Um, all right. The next game's your game. Steelers-Bills. I told you last week I was not interested in watching the Steelers in the postseason forecast calls for crazy wins worst wins in playoff history does that even the playing field and make this a game 
you know, if you go back to that Patriots-Bills game in the regular season, that Monday night game from a few years ago, that would tell you yes. Because we saw what that what that matchup looked like without wins in the playoffs, remember? And I don't think the Bills punted. They played an immaculate offensive game. They scored a touchdown or kicked a field goal in every possession in what will end up being Belichick's final playoff game as a Patriots coach. His defense got spanked. Uh, in embarrassing fashion. And then when they played earlier in the season there, Mac Jones completed two passes and they got out of there with a win. Um, So I do think if it's a wind game like that, it's going to completely change the way both teams play. And I just think that if you're a huge underdog, which the Steelers are, isn't anything that gets the Bills out of their normal offensive structure a good thing a hundred percent right like to me this question i get why you asked it because it's going to be such a story of the game like gamblers will basically say if it's 15 miles an hour or less there's no impact 15 to 20 gusts to 25 whatever hit or miss depends on the quarterback depends on the stadium depends on the consistency that sort of thing but no one can really do anything passing the football with any degree of consistency and dependency on what the accuracy is going to be if the wind gusts are consistently, you know, 25 plus miles per hour. That's generally speaking. They think the wind is going to be is going to be around 25 for most of the game and that gusts are going to be all the way up to in the 50s. Well, in then in that, in, that, in that scenario, then even Josh Allen, one of the strongest arms in the world, will absolutely be disrupted. Because there's only you can only throw a football so hard. It's, in, it's inflated. The wind will take it. So that's why the total of the game is so low. And if you've taken the throwing ability away from Josh Allen, obviously that is one of the biggest things, probably the best thing uh, that Buffalo has going for them. They're still at home. It obviously also impacts the Steelers. It, it randomizes the game, though. So I think it definitely plays to the Steelers' favor more so than if this game was in a dome for some reason, you know what I mean? Like if the weather was so bad that they had to relocate it to a different location like that. Uh, I would say though, we normally see Josh Allen just run more in the postseason, So that makes him a very dangerous version of himself. I would expect Josh Allen to have 10 plus carries in this game. And I would still think that the bills are going to win the game. So would I, and Allen is a runner I think is a scarier proposition than him as a, as a passer because at least when he passes the ball, there's the chance he's going to do something insane. And if you take that out, I think for Steelers fans, be careful what you wish for. If it turns into a game where both teams strictly run, because you've got Mason Rudolph and they've got Josh Allen, man, it would be interesting if the weather got that bad because This is going to sound nuts, and it's the first time I've said this. This is not something that I've said on my show yet. But if the weather was really that bad, and I'm the Steelers, I would be tempted to go wildcat a lot in this game. And I would also be tempted to, if I'm going to dress a second quarterback. Play Mitch? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's under strict orders to not throw the football, (laughs) and he likes to go rogue sometimes. Yeah. But – the interesting thing about him is, and we both know this having covered him and 
you know, the amount of grays and times I've just freaked out watching him. But like, he is a really good athlete. Oh, and yeah. the reason why the Bills brought him in as a backup is because they thought he was a very, 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 very poor man's version of Josh Allen. So if it's a, both about the running abilities of both guys, I don't know, Danny. I'm just speaking out loud here. He, I mean, he's not as strong as Josh Allen. No, he's, but he's fa- like he's. You're right. He's, he's not athlete. like a Cam Newton runner like Josh Allen is, where there's a physicality to his running style. He's a good athlete. But yeah. he's a very, very good athlete. Yes. Yeah, I think I like. I mean, it would have to be crazy to to do that. But I mean, if you say that that's what the win, the forecast for the game is going to be, uh, you're going to bet the Steelers. It's tough to cover a double digit spread when the totals in the low 30s. I know, man. Probably not though. Yeah. Because um, twenty because twenty to zero is still a cover. You know, we haven't talked. You kind of touched on it. My God, did our radio stations create like an international situation with this game on Thursday? I'm sure you're probably aware of that. Yeah. With what happened, it's interesting because well, fill in the audience. Yeah. So one of our and this is a guy who, by the way, is a investigative reporter, Marty Griffin, who's respected enough that you know he's the guy that broke the stories in Dallas about Michael Irvin and the Cowboys he had to leave Dallas because of that and come back home to Pittsburgh he's a fascinating guy and he got a phone call about this this morning and then talked about it on the air and so I heard him say it and when I heard that I you know talked about it on my show and put it out into social media you know, immediately I heard back from people in Buffalo who I still are in contact with who are like, there's 0% chance that they would move the game to Cleveland. But, and you know, big national insiders and stuff had to refute it and everything else. It's interesting though, like I've heard, I, I even was still hearing Thursday night people saying that that conversation absolutely happened. And it makes, the NFL told the Buffalo news station that we've had no discussions about moving the game. Isn't that like derelict of duty? If there's a legit chance of lake effect snow that shuts down highways in Western New York and prevents people from moving around, there is a chance it happens. Maybe not a high one. Even if the chance of it happening is 1%. Isn't this the time where the NFL... You got to have a contingency plan. Right. And the reason why it was believable to me is because Detroit's unavailable this weekend. Because the game's Sunday night. And that would be the obvious place to go play a game if you had to, worst case scenario, move it. Because they've done that with a Bills game before. Played it in a dome in Detroit. So the Cleveland thing I thought made sense because it's close to both teams. It's like an equidistant thing. But they'll play the game in Buffalo. But hey, Danny, we lived through it in Kansas City where a Steelers game got moved. Playoff game from the afternoon to night. I, I could see something like that happening. Yeah, I mean, so. it'd be it'd be really weird to move a playoff game from outdoors in the elements to a dome. But no, no, um, I'm not. I'm not saying. To, I'm not saying the game is going to move cities. I'm saying the game might move times. Move, move times. And remember, Monday's a holiday too. Yep. Um, that I'll be Packers, working on. You're working though, obviously. Yeah, I I, I will be working as well. Um, I mean. Yeah, I don't. Uh, have, it's the Monday after a Steelers uh, playoff game. If I'm not working that, you know, I would fire myself. Yeah. Packers and Cowboys. 
Danny, what's more likely, Dallas loses this game or they get to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1996? Yeah, 95-96 season, right? Um, I would say get to the NFC Championship game is more likely. Win the NFC Championship game, I would say lose this game. And I will also say it's very weird for me to be rooting for the Green Bay Packers. But, man, would it be funny to see Mike McCarthy lay an egg in this game and Bill Belichick be the next coach of the Cowboys. Not happening. I think that's I, I that has been floated out there. Can you see Jerry Jones, a man that I think loves as an owner, that he gets to sit at the end of the table and run his drafts? And even if he might not be doing all the scouting work and stuff, he he's likes not doing to put, all He's not. But he likes to pretend. He likes to play make-believe and act like it's his draft. You think he's going to let Bill Belichick come in and actually do that stuff? I don't. I think that Belichick clashed with Parcells. Man, I don't see him doing it with the with little Parcells. Belichick, Uh, little Bill. But he's aged. He's different. Dave Dave Wanstead said today that he thinks that he would, and that he knows he's got a good relationship with Belichick. And he just made nice with Jimmy Johnson. He's got the Netflix thing coming out. He desperately wants another Super Bowl. All he cares about is star power. And I think that wherever Belichick goes, he's going to do what Andy Reid did when he left Philly. And he just wants to be able to work with the GM and have a say. I don't think he's going to have control over personnel in his next stop. I think that that is too much for basically anybody to do. And he has proven to not be good at it. And I think that he is going to obviously have a say and he'll have a big say, but I don't think that he's going to be the general manager of, of the next team. And so in that world, go to the easier conference in the NFC, make a ton of money, go get Shula's record, which is the thing that I think he would be coaching for at that point have a quarterback attached to the gig. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. And if McCarthy loses the game, I do think he's fired. What? Whether... Yeah, man. You Okay. Well, I I think I think there's a better chance if that happens that we see a Jason Garrett Wade Phillips situation and Dan Quinn gets promoted I, to Cowboys fair... head coach. Yeah, I think I think that's on the table too. I, I just I I think that the I think McCarthy him laying an egg in this spot against his old team and losing to a first time playoff quarterback in Jordan Love and who's been statistically the best quarterback in the NFL since week eleven. I mean the guy's got one turnover and I think it's eighteen touchdowns, uh, eighteen passing touchdowns, twenty total touchdowns since week eleven. Like if. If McCarthy loses to the Packers and Jordan Love outplays Dak and Dallas lays an egg offensively, I could see Mike McCarthy getting fired given the caliber of coaches that are out there this cycle. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think they have an ease. I think they will. I think if I had to pick one, it would be the NFC championship game here, even though I've, you know, bashed the Cowboys for every, anytime we come remotely close to trusting them, they do something to uh, tell us that who they really are. Um, but I think it, I think if my scenarios play out and the Rams win, then they're going to be set up for the winner of the Eagles and Bucks. 
And at that point, a Packers or Eagles slash Bucks divisional round, that'll be the easiest uh, two game. I mean, look, you'd rather have a buy and play no one. But those back-to-back games, I think, will end up being an easier path to the championship game than anybody has, 49ers and Ravens included. Because the Ravens might have to end up playing the Browns, and I would not want to play the Rams. Those are division games, like you mentioned earlier. I think that would be a setup. That's an ideal setup for Dallas to get to the championship game. And the last thing I'll say about Belichick working with, with Jerry Jones is we heard that one of the reasons why Kraft wanted to do this is because it just weighs on you. It just, it's just hard working with Bill Belichick day in and day out, especially for 24 years. I just don't think Jerry Jones wants to do that, man. It's not fun. It's not, I think Jerry Jones likes fun, Danny. I, I do too. I get, I get the sense that he enjoys himself. Yes. <laughs> and now he's going to work with the ultimate curmudgeon the most surly coach in NFL history, the most dour, stoic guy. I just don't see that. He did it with Parcells. Yeah, and he He hated it. He likes to win, though. And listen, I wouldn't hire Belichick, but he likes likes star power. He likes stories. He likes people talking about the Cowboys. We will do a little bit more on Belichick and Eagles and Bucks after this. Welcome back. First and pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone, every game, every team, every week. If you're listening on one of the Odyssey stations, we appreciate you. We're a podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's crazy. The Monday night game to me is, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it start to finish because of this job and because it's what we do and it's the NFL playoffs. But on, on some levels, I'm this is the least intriguing of the games because of Philly's collapse in this spot. Do you believe that Philly is the secret playoff Belichick team? I actually don't. And, well, before I get into my rationale, would you like to weigh in on this first and just tell me yes or no? Do you think that they're the Adam Schefter mystery team that has a coach employed right now who can't be linked to Belichick because scouts honor like Adam Schefter is not even – he knows he's going to burn bridges if he reports that a team that is still playing with a coach that's still working wants to hire. I, mean, I, think, it's, I think it's the Eagles or the Cowboys. Okay. Well, can I make the argument for Tampa Bay? Sure. Jason Light's the GM there. He's a guy that worked with Belichick in New England. He worked underneath him in their scouting department for a long time. And I don't know what, what um, when he maxed out there before he left for Tampa, I don't know what his title was. But there's a familiarity there. Light, I think, feels like he owes his NFL career to Belichick. And so Todd Bowles, I think, is a coach that's only still employed because the Buccaneers won the division again. If they had if they had somehow blown it in week 18 and lost to Carolina, I think he'd be gone. I think he would have been fired the day after the season ended with an 8-9 record having lost to New Orleans and Carolina in back-to-back weeks. Do you agree with that, by the way? like, do you- I, I, I mean, I do. I mean, it's four straight playoff appearances for Tampa, three straight division championships. And can you really see Bill Belichick doing exactly what Tom Brady did and risking not winning a Super Bowl in Tampa, which would be the overwhelmingly likely outcome, and then just furthering the comparisons between the two well, of them? I just, I, I think that it depends on a couple, on a couple of things. 
how much does he value who he's working with and who he's working for? And I think the Glazer family, we know that they have a ton of money. They invest in European soccer clubs and whatever else too. Like they've got, all these guys have a reservoir. Yeah, I mean, Washington has plenty of money. I know that, but I was going to say like the Chargers have no history of actually spending that money on coaches. I didn't mention them. Right. I mean, that's the spot where everybody puts Belichick. They don't have a GM there now either. Telesco got fired. He could have the Zara football thing too. That's just the Chargers have no uh, history of doing that. Um, Atlanta gets brought up. Like, it's in the same division. They don't have a quarterback. Would Belichick look at Baker Mayfield and think he can win with that guy? I think he might in that division. See, like, here's the thing. We should never underestimate the ego of coaches. Right, and the other thing is the dude lived in a division for where they won eight straight division, or they went to eight straight AFC championship games. I think they won the division 11 straight times in part because the other two teams, other three teams sucked. You just mentioned Tampa Bay's already won it four times in the last two years. They haven't been a, they're a 500 football team the last two years. Yeah, I think it's three straight division titles, four straight playoff appearances. Right. Okay. So thank yeah. thank you. Like, yeah, I think I think who he aligns himself with in these golden years, I think counts for something. And if he trusts the owner and the dude who's the quote unquote GM there, and he doesn't hate the quarterback, yeah, it would be awkward that he goes to the same place that Brady did. But, man, do you think he really wants to put up with the BS in Philly? you think he really wants to do that? And, it's, man, how fickle would Philly be if they dumped Sirianni after one bad year, man? He got his coordinators wrong. Belichick's gotten his coordinators wrong. Yeah, it is a I, – I, listen, I, I don't think Philly – you're right. That w- That would be a miserable – experience for him in a lot of ways it'd be pretty hilarious uh to see the dogged philly media with with belichick but i mean the boston media is tough so i'm not positive that that really would impact him uh in in all of those situations i just i think he wants shula i think that he i I think that he was pissed that shula uh, that people around the dolphins talked about uh was it spygate and he holds a grudge and he wants to he wants the all-time wins record and he's going to go wherever he thinks he can win the most games the fastest. And obviously he would love another ring without Brady. But I also think Howie Roseman even though a lot of their moves have backfired this year, I think that he's still regarded as one of the best yeah, definitely. GMs in the NFL and he's going to like the idea of him seeding that or giving that over. He already lived that. Okay. Like I said, I don't before. I my my theory is that Belichick's going to save face on that and and say, I just want to coach. I just want to. I'm shocked that you think that. Like, why wouldn't he have? Why would if he went to if he said that to Kraft? Bring they were somebody. done, man. Clearly, they 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 were like you said, 24 years, 24. And Andy Reid saved face because he went to a new spot, like. He did the personnel thing in Philly. He wasn't good at it. They fired him. Then he goes to KC and he's like, eh, I'm just great at coaching. I'll have a I say. Think to- I think two totally different personalities. Well, yes. Two very, very different human beings. I, I just don't see it in Belichick's nature to say, I'm going to do less 
now. I think he's a he, he chanted no days off after they won a Super Bowl. Now People you think are, he now you think he wants a gig that's less demanding? NFL head coach is a plenty demanding gig. You can make it as demanding as you want it to be. You don't have to be grinding the senior bowl tape for Oh, I think rounds. he but I think he lives for that, man. I think that's his I think that's his idea of a vacation. I think that's where he gets his rocks off. Exactly that. Well, he's got a yacht, so he should. That he should. It, that includes like it's named after all the Super Bowl wins. Yeah, and he counts the Super Bowl wins when he was the Giants' defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's like called that? eight rings, right? You like that? That he counts those? I think that's he counts me. them because it gives him one more to Brady. Yeah, I think that's fine. It's petty. I respect it. Spencer Ray's our producer. Enjoy the wild card weekend. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. First and pod. Peace.